God bless you and good morning, family. How y'all doing today? Oh, awesome, great, good. Girl, what you got? Amen. I am just honored to be here again. So hear the moment of confession. Because I know Pastor John Paul said he had two services. I just kind of like, kind of like missed it in my understanding. I'm like, <laughs> so I said, am I preaching two services today? He's like, yeah, oh, okay, I got you, I got you. Thank you so very much. Anyway, so I want to just stop and pause and honor the Lord, our Savior, for just this opportunity to stand here. It's not, you know, I've been preaching for a long time, 20 something years, but praise God. Um, <laughs> don't judge me, I just cover these grades really well. And um, I, I'm, it's never... You never get used or accustomed to just preaching. I mean, I preach because I was born to do it. You, I, that's what I, I know that for a fact. However, you know, this is sacred. This is holy. Um, and it's not to be entered into lightly. <laughs> you know, I'm always amazed when people say, oh, they want to go and start a ministry. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be here praying you on. Go on in the Lord. I mean, because it's, it's enough for us to take on the responsibility of our own souls. How many of y'all know you already made a mess of your life alone by yourself? <laughs> then you got married. Then you had kids. And now you want to pastor and take on everybody. You say, oh, that's a lot, right? It's a lot. So it's not an easy task. And every day, every month, people are walking away from the ministry. I say all of that just so you can know that you have a very beloved man of God here and his wife serving you, serving the Lord, but serving you at the end of a free Christian church. So would you put your hands together and bless the Lord for my friend and my brother, Pastor John Paul. Amen. Thank you. You just, just never let anybody outdo you at celebrating your own pastor. Amen? Amen? Because at the end of the day, there's a special place of judgment re reserved for pastors. <laughs> and, um, you know, you don't want to, you, you want him to be on the good side. You want, you don't want him to strike the rock. You want him to cross over into the promise and hear him say, well done. Amen? So don't you be that, that, that <clears throat> thorn in the flesh. Praise the Lord. God bless you. That was free. He didn't pay me to say that, you know. Um, we'll work on that later. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm, I'm just so glad to be here. I want to bring you greetings from Morningstar Baptist Church in Mattapan, Mass, where Bishop John Borders is my pastor and my spiritual head, and I don't go anywhere unless he allows me to go um, because I don't want to be a UFO, unidentified flying object, flying in territories where I have, not, I have no cover because I can get shot down in the spirit. Y'all get that later for those of you all who are on staff. You know, it's okay to be a leader but it's, it's definitely appropriate to be a leader under authority and submit to the authority where you serve. Amen? Amen. The blessing rests upon your life that way. So he sends his blessing. I want to take this time to acknowledge um, your first lady. Now, that's how we do it in our church. You know, first ladies are important, right? The pastor's wife is the first lady. I know, I know y'all thought, I'm not talking about the president of the United States. I'm not talking about, in our church, it's like we honor our first lady because that's like the first mama, okay? And so um, where is first lady? She's doing other stuff. <laughs> because that's what first ladies do. They do it all. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You praise God. You, you, know, you see stars and halos and glory all over your pastor. She sees all the other stuff. Amen. So you have to pray especially for the first lady. Amen. So we honor her today and for all the mothers. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the surrogates, the adopted foster 
godmothers, spiritual mothers, and all nurturers and care providers that serve as mothers or representatives of such duties. Your role is irreplaceable. Your service and ministry essential and crucial to humanity. Men, may God continue to bless you and may his grace abound on your life and give you favor. For those of you all who feel that you're failing at motherhood, persist. Be faithful. You're not here to be your children's friend. Amen. Amen. We're not here to be their friend. We're here to mother and nurture. They're not your babies. They're gifts that God has given you to train so that they can fulfill his divine assignment. When you have that perspective, you won't spoil them rotten. Because nobody won't eat no rotten meat. That's the slang vernacular. If the food is rancid, you don't want to eat it. Amen? So it's okay to love them and support them, but it's definitely, definitely right to set the boundaries and let them know that you have to answer to God for how they do what they do. You didn't know that? Happy Mother's Day, I'm just telling you that. <laughs> I'm just throwing you that like, oh God, here she goes, amen. So I'm free today, so I'm gonna just take liberties to acknowledge my daughter and my granddaughter, my son and my sister and brother. I am one of seven, I'm number five. Number one is here and number four is here. Would you all just stand, wave, throw up the peace sign, whatever y'all wanna do, amen. said, Pastor John Paul, what time I got to be there? And he said, 8.40. I'm like, the blood of Jesus, what am I seeing on my phone? 8.40? That means I got to leave my house at 7.40 just to get you on time. But we praise the Lord. We got here at 7.39. All right? You know, when they say it's about CP time, don't pay them no attention. You're, this woman will see you on time, okay? Amen. Praise the Lord. There's so much going on in our world today, so much to talk about, so much to share. Um, and I'm going to stick to my notes as much as I can. All right, I'm... <laughs> My fingers are crossed, I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna do my best to just share with you and, and just have an open conversation if you can. So he says, you know, you all listen. So here's a cardinal rule I told them earlier this morning. And I'm gonna take liberties to say, if they say anything that I said negative about the people who get up for 11 o'clock service, don't believe them. They said something about, you know, how they are the better ones because they rise early to come get the Lord early in the morning. Early will I seek you. And for the lazy folks to come at 11 o'clock, it just, it was a misunderstanding. I'm just throwing that out there right now so that you know. I love you. Amen? And um, we're one in the Lord. We're family. And we have to, number one, begin to live like that. Whatever you feel. I'm saying, so some of you all have never seen me before, but I am your brother. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm your sister. You are my brother. Um, for some of you all, you're, all my, you're my mama and my daddy, and you have grandkids here you never met. I know, I know, but we're one in Christ. And if we're born again and we're one family, at some point, the church is going to have to start looking like the body of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Come on, we got to do a better job. We got to show the world what it is to be one in God. If we don't have the answer, then the world is going to hell. But we do have the answer. Is that right? So we have to be open. And we have to fulfill the commandment. We sang an amazing song. Thank you for the music ministry. You know, love the Lord God with all your heart, your, your, your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That way you fulfill all the commandments. It was not a suggestion. It was not an option. It was a command. And if we love God, then we have to live out this creed that we have um, made these vows. And if we're not living out those vows, may God help us 
to um, expand ourselves so that we can, number one, really and truly um, become the image of Jesus Christ to a world that's lost. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Um, we'll begin. Luke chapter 2, um, from verse 22, verse 40. Thank you, sister, for reading. And I, I teased a little bit. Don't be offended, but I should say, and the Holy Spirit... And I'm like, how did she say that? I want to say that. It sounds so cute. Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. I, she said, I'm from Benin, Africa, so now I need to go to Africa. Amen. Praise God. Because I, it's, I mean, it's home kind of, sort of, but it's like if I go, I have nowhere to stay. So, you know, I, I'm American, and that's, where it's gonna, that's the way it's going to be. Amen. I'm not going anywhere. Praise God. I'm, I'll visit, but I'm coming back. Amen. Got my citizenship. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the most difficult concepts that I found as a mother and a grandmother for children to grasp is that of waiting and the measurement of time that accompanies these said moments in which and for which they have to wait. A not-so-random Google search as I was, you know, doing my prolific studies here and hitting on my Google, uh, give me the definition for wait, um, said it is used to indicate one who is eagerly impatient to do something or for something, waiting for something to happen. Somebody who's in a state of almost anxiety and panic because they want to get something accomplished. Another meaning was a transitive verb that says um, to be positional, to stay in a place in expectation of something to await, to just be there waiting. If I'm at the airport and I am waiting to, to board my plane, you know, I may want to get off now. And sometimes you may have some delays, right? And we say we're departing at 5.04, but then that, that the board goes up and it says there's been a delay in your departure, so you have to wait. Tickets in hand, ready for vacay, yeah. Not Hawaii right now, but okay, somewhere else, you know, ready to go uh, away, but you still have now uh, a hindrance, uh, impediment, something that's impeding you from moving forward, and you just have to. See, that's, I know, talk back to me. Here's the card, no rule of the message. If you don't talk back to me, the longer I'm gonna be. Okay, so, so amen. Say that, sister. You go, girl. You know, that's appropriate when I'm here, right? You just talk back to me, let me know how that flow, okay? And so, I have to recall for you, and let me recount, but one of the most difficult experiences I had as a young mother was an occasion where I was driving my then toddlers, 24 and 22 now, who were strapped in the car seat, and um, that's usually the norm, right? We strap the babies in the car seat. I'm just, I just put it in here for reference that you should know that you should do that. Okay. <laughs> Just in case, you know, <laughs> all right, never mind. Um, so my son, Stephen, who is here today, um, had been diagnosed with PDD, um, pervasive developmental disorder slash NOS, not otherwise specified, severe learning delay, severe speech delay, um, and he was on the autistic spectrum. I was telling one of the brothers earlier that at 10 months when he had his shot, I noticed something drastically different in his behavior pattern. Um, and I went to the doctor and I said, you need to write in his records, mom says something is wrong, she just doesn't know what it is. Go ahead, write it down because I'm right here because I'm going to tell the doctor and they don't say what you say. I need you to write what I say. And they did. 
and say, well, you're comparing him to his sister because, you know, she's an overachiever. She's, you know, outreach all the benchmarks. She's, uh, you know, she's uh, really aggressive. And so, you know, I said, nope, something is wrong, and I need you to write it in. So long story short, I ended up having to quit my job, and for eight years, I made them write me in on his IEP. Mom will be in the classroom. Why? Because God told me I had to do that um, before Stephen was born. When I was about seven months pregnant, I got a message um, to come to a service in Springfield because somebody had a word for the child that was in my stomach. And I left Boston and drove to a service in Springfield. And this woman came. She said, I got a word for this child in your stomach. And she began to talk to him as if he could hear. But I was there. And she said, you know, he has a very high calling in God. He's going to lead many people. He's going to be a leader. The enemy's going to try to destroy his life, but God has set encampment around him. And she goes on and goes on. So when I am going through this trauma, if you will, I, I have now a prophetic word. You said that he was going to be a prophet, and this child is not talking. This is not going to be a prophet that's going to write notes and do sign language. If, if he's going to be a prophet, he's going to be a prophet, and he will declare and speak the word of the Lord. So all I really had when my child was not speaking and nonverbal, and when I, was, when I looked around and I, I can't find him anywhere in the house, and he's in the middle of the street, and traffic is stopped both ways because he's looking up at the birds in the sky, and somehow he got out. Or when I'm at the parent-teacher's meeting, um, in the middle of the evening and it's dark and I leave to go to one room and Stephen's sitting there. Next thing you know, we can't find Stephen because he has left the building and has begun to wander the city of Roxbury and I can't find my child. And somebody found him on the street and brought him to the police station. He had no words. I'm trying to tell you all these things are happening and yet I have a word. I'm feeling like a failure as a mother. Because here's this child that I have this magnanimous prophecy about. And I can't even communicate in a way that's, that he can comprehend. But all I'm holding on to is that word. Children are a gift from the Lord. And if children are a gift from the Lord and you have blessed me with this child, that means that his destiny is tied to what's inside of me. And since I don't know how to release it, I'm going to have to trust you that because you are sovereign and you know all things, you have given me the key to unlock his destiny. I'm going to have to stand on your word and keep saying what you say because I don't have a clue. We're in the car and Stephen has to have animals, lots of animals. That was his Obsession and his affinity was very strong for animals. And so we're driving and somehow one of his animals fell out of his hand and out of his reach. And as this is happening, instead of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to comfort him because he doesn't have words. All he has is loud, loud sound. Screeching, bellowing, crying sound. All he knows to do is scream because he doesn't have his animal. And so here I am, and I'm, I'm trying to assure him and reassure him, just one minute, you have to. 
you have to wait. Mommy has to get to a safe space so I can get it. Get, I have to get a few. Stephen, just, just be patient. Just wait a few minutes. And here is his mini mommy, his sister who's two years older. Stephen, you got to wait. Mommy can't get it right now. She's driving. Stephen, calm down, Stephen. And she's doing the best she can. But see, the, our, our mode of communication is not effective because Stephen doesn't have what Stephen wants. And in this moment, he doesn't have the capacity to comprehend that if I reach back and I reach down to get you what you need while I'm driving, I am now jeopardizing your life, everyone in the car, and putting other people who are on the road with me at risk. So what, what, what happens now? He's crying, I'm crying, because I'm at my frustration, but at the end of the day, I have to make a decision and continue to speak in low rhythmic tones to let him know, it's okay, Stephen, I understand, Stephen, it's going to be all right. But at this moment, you can't have what you want, but you will as soon as the time is right. Our text today is centered around the dedication of Jesus. He's brought to the temple by Joseph and Mary. And as is customary by Jewish law, they're bringing him to be dedicated. Eight days he's been circumcised, and after her period of um, it's 40 days for a male, she brings him to the temple. And Luke identifies two witnesses, as it was in our scripture text, prophets who recognize the Christ child and declare what they're seeing. Simeon, we're told in the text, is a man in Jerusalem, and he's a man that is devout, he is righteous, he's prayerful, he's a man that is consistent, he's in Jerusalem, and at this present time, it also says that he is led by the Spirit. The Word of God said that the Spirit is upon him. I love when I read scriptures about the Holy Ghost. Can I say the Holy Ghost without you thinking about Casper? Can I do that? All right. When I talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, okay? when the Holy Spirit comes upon individuals, and this is prior to Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost has come, because the Holy Spirit has always been here. From the very beginning, when God said, let us make man, it was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was there in the beginning, and he created us a triune being, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. And God breathed the ruah, the breath, his breath, his spirit into man. And man becomes a living soul. And in chapter 3 of Genesis, we hear that the voice of God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The voice had legs. Oh, you didn't? I said the Bible. I didn't make that up. I know it sounds really amazing. I would wish I could take ownership of that, but it's not there. It's in the book. That here was Jesus there with them speaking. In the beginning, when everything was out of order and chaotic, it said that the spirits of the Lord hovered over the deep. And then God did what? God did what? That's right. That's right. He said it. That was very good. You got an A for that. Right? And God got and he said, let there be. So John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
They were always there in the beginning through all, all of history, throughout all of the dispensations. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was always there. And so now we have Simeon, who is a man of devout prayer and a devout life, living his convictions. And he is not just devoted in service to the temple, but he's one that is spirit-filled. You've got to be spirit-filled. You can't do this without the leading of the Holy Spirit. You've got to know. How do you know he's there? Well, when I, when I got saved, yes, the spirit draws and leads, but there are depths to this thing. There's depths. You just don't, the spirit doesn't just come and he just abides upon you and rest in you. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you see, you have a part to play in how you experience the power of God working in your life. What are you saying? What are you proclaiming? How are you living? What do you say? Do you say the obvious? Do you repeat what you say? Or do you say what he says? I'm going to help you. Say what he says. Because God's word will not return void. You can make a promise. How many of y'all have had promises broken? Right, okay. How many of y'all have broken promises? Okay, half y'all are lying and the rest of y'all are going to see Jesus soon, okay? Amen. I'm just saying. We've, had, we've made our promises and we've made our vows as best we can. But how many of you, we have fallen short time and time again of those promises without good intentions. But the thing about God, God cannot lie. If God told a lie, the minute he tells a lie, it becomes truth. Because his word says he cannot lie. So whatever God says, he's God enough to back it up. So when you pray, pray his word. Remind him of what he says. And I don't care how long it takes while you're waiting, you can expect the answer because God is coming through just like he said he was. Somebody say amen. amen. So here we see Simeon is here and he's in the right place and he's doing the right thing. But why is he doing it? Can I ask you a question? Why do you do what you do? What motivates you to get up on a Sunday morning and get dressed and come? I know, I love the coffee too. That's a really nice get up y'all have out there. <laughs> Mornings, I don't have no coffee, but I'm, I mean, they can, they just won't. But it's okay, you know. Next time, Pastor, a little bit of donuts would help, okay? But I'm saying. <laughs> when he get back from sabbatical, give him a rest, okay, all right? Uh, and, 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 so, and so here he is, we, we get up and we come, we come to get ready to come to church to fellowship. But is, is, are you passionate about worship? Are you passionate about seeing one another? Do you understand that the temple is sacred? And the word of God says, gather my people together. Do you know that what you're doing right now is fulfilling prophecy, is obeying, obeying God's word, and God honors your obedience so that when you get up to get in the morning and you get whatever you got on, but you're coming here, that your perspective, not just not to see one another, because the presence of the Lord is here, and you cannot imagine what will happen if you really tune into the presence of God. Every song the worship team says, now I'm expression, I'm, I'm emotional, okay? Can you tell already? <laughs> but I'm like this all the time. It's not like when I'm preaching, you know, because I'm like, someone said, you talk with your hands. Like, yeah, I really feel like what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, body, soul, and mind. He says, love to God, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if I say, I love you, I really love you, 
and I have guarded emotions. You know, I don't feel that way. I feel like God is right here, right now. Like he really saved me. Like he really died for me. Like when, when he was on that cross, he was thinking about Jillian. Like, ooh, yes, I'm going to do for him. Like, thank you, God. Like he's looking down, and I'm like looking up and saying, I'm sorry that you have to take my place right now. But I'm going to do my best to really try to live this life. I'll be back. You know, and so I'm, I'm, when, I'm, when, I, when I stop to think about Jesus Christ and what he did for me, that's real personal. So I don't care what anybody else say or think. When I come together in God's house, I don't care if this is the first time I'm going to be here or the last time. I'm going to bless God with everything I have in my life because you don't know my history. You don't know the time that I tried to kill myself. You don't know what it was like for me to go through my divorce. You don't know what it was like for me to live in the streets. You don't like know what it's like for me to be cooking crack and carrying 9mm guns. You don't know what it's like for me to escape death many times. So when I get before God's people and I get in God's house, I will bless the Lord at all times and his prayer shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, you don't know it? I come from a country where I have had to use the outhouse. I've come from a country where my grandmother had to iron clothes on a coal pot. Do you even know what that is? I know. Go Google it. It's going to show you later. I mean, this is Yes, my reality is quite different, but throughout all of reality, this is why I'm telling you, Jesus, it doesn't matter what color Jesus is, I'm, I'm going to speak to you now, right now, as a black woman in a predominantly white church. What we hear about, oh, you are just going to worship that white Jesus. I'm like, I don't care if he was green. I don't care if he was orange. I don't care if he was yellow. I don't care if he was rainbow. It doesn't matter. When it was time for God to fulfill his promise, he said, prepare me a body. I'm going to go. It doesn't matter what the melanin of his skin is. You have to know that the Holy Ghost overshadowed a virgin. And because of his promise, he's a promise keeper. He came and fulfilled all of God's promises. And because I believe in him, when I close my eyes and I'm no longer here. I am not going to hell. I'm going to live with Jesus in eternity. That's why I get excited about my salvation. Glory to God. This is not hype. This is not drama. My son got stopped four times in one day just driving my car because he looked like somebody. What do I do with that? Father, cover him under your blood. If your angels charge over him. I had one of my pastor's friends said, oh, Joe, you probably should just give him a pass and let him know that he's okay. I said, do you hear what you just said to me? You said I should give my son a pass so the police officers can know that he's okay. But your son will never have to do that because that's the reality. Am I gonna let the reality make me bitter? Oh, no, 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 no. No, everything is unto the Lord. I'm in position to receive the promise. I'm not moving. I don't care how anybody feels about me. It doesn't matter. I, I want to love everybody. I want everybody to be loved. I hate to, I want, I hate to create issues. But at the end of the day, to him who sits on the throne, he commands me to love. And loving is not easy. Just like waiting is not easy. 
Let me go back to the story. I had to throw it out there because you all get all the raw because now I had coffee in me and I didn't have nothing for the 8 o'clock service. <clears throat> I'm back now, but I'm coming, I'm coming back in. I'm, I'm reading back in here. Here we come. We have Simon. Simeon is in the temple and he's in position, but he has the right disposition. He's doing the right thing. And not only does he have the right disposition, he has the right expectation because he's praying. He's not praying amiss. He heard the Holy Spirit revealed to him and says, you will not die until you see the Lord's Messiah. How many of you all can say that you have a word that you have heard from the Lord that you are earnestly expecting and awaiting? You see, sometimes it's more difficult to wait than it is to move. It would seem like waiting requires you to just stand still and do nothing. But how many of you all know that sometimes you know what to do? You're ready to do it, but you're not green-lighted in your spirit because the Holy Spirit is restraining you. And it takes a whole lot more faith not to move than it does to just jump in. Lord, help us. Because some of us, we're not, we're not waiting. We, 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 we don't have to wait. We know how it's going to work. We're of type A. We're going to get this done, get us done, get this done. And all the time, and how many times do you have put all your, your good, wonderful ideas and all your connections and all your things together and put together the best efforts just to have it flop? Because the Lord says, I wasn't in it. At no point did you acknowledge that you needed me. He's sovereign God. But sovereign God is still looking. He says, the spirit of the Lord is wandering, looking to, to find his true worshipers, those who are seeking him. No doubt that in the temple, there were other people who saw the baby Jesus. It was not just Simeon and Anna just present in the temple. But what happened to them? The Holy Spirit caused them to behold you can see something, but then it takes another level of perception to behold something. You see, we look at our situations and we get revelation about what happened after the fact. We say, hindsight is 2020. Have you heard that? I wrote that. You like to say that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just one of you listening. You say amen. Y'all getting quiet on me. Say amen. Amen. Right? So, so hindsight is twenty twenty. But when you're living in a spirit-filled life, the Bible promises when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will lead you and teach you. He will guide you. He will teach you. And he's going to lead you into all truth. And guess what? He's going to show you things to come. Why is it that we keep running into the same wall? What's going on? What's happening? Because the word of God is true. He doesn't lie. So there is a disconnect between what we're comprehending, what we're living, and what we're, we're supposed to be experiencing, the abundant life. And so we are somehow caught in this cycle where the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, according to John 10 and 10. But Jesus, how come you have life and have life more abundantly? What does abundant living look like? I'm telling you, when you look at the life of Simeon and Anna, these old prophets and this woman of God, she was a prophet, but she was not without pain. She had been a widow from her virgin. She was with her husband for seven years. And so history tells us that's about age 14 to 16, she was married. Seven years later, around 21, she's a widow. There's no mention of any children to care for her. So she now commits her life in service in the position of serving God in the temple in praying and fasting day and night. What kind of service are you providing to the Lord? 
How many of us, when we call, okay, have anybody heard of an all-night shut-in? Ooh, all right, I'm going to move on from that, okay. <laughs> you know, when, when we were younger, we had to go to all-night shut-ins, like all night. Like you roll in around 7, you're not leaving until about 7 in the morning. And the parents would bring their kids, and you're laying the blankets, and they're praying all night. They're not kumbaya for one hour and then everybody can take a nap. They're taking turns and they're praying and interceding and intercessing. Where are the prayer intercessors? You want to know why the world is really going through such violent, chaotic times? Because the people of God have become very comfortable doing church. And we have not devoted ourselves to really push in and push beyond our place of comfort to really hear what the Lord is saying. When is the last time the Lord gave you a word for one of your sisters or one of your brothers? What is the Lord saying to you about this sickness that's now afflicting your body? What is the Lord saying to you about your nephew or your niece who's strung out on drugs? What is the Lord saying about this church right now? What should the Andover Free Christian Church be doing right now in this community or the next community or overseas or for one another? When is the last time we really begin to, number one, intercede, stand in the gap and begin to bring the requests of others to the Lord and then wait for the Holy Spirit to give us the answer and now come back and declare what thus said the Lord. Oh, it's quiet. I wish I was at 8 o'clock because it's a lot happier service. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm almost done. Here we are. We're seeing Simon. We see Anna. They're here. They're in the temple. They're in position. They both have a word from the Lord. Anna's name means grace. This this favor that is abundant and overwhelming and overflowing to all of us who believe. Her father's Penuel, his name means the face of God. And she's from the tribe of Asher. She just gets three, three, three scriptures. Um, and, and so, you know, Simeon gets like 11 verses. She gets three. I'm not going to make any issues about that, okay? I'm just saying, just, you know, just to note the fact. Um, but Mark is very detailed in his writing. And although he doesn't give a lot of description about Anna, he, he gives us enough to us to know that she's old. She's 84. And she's been waiting and been faithful in her service to the Lord. And here she is from the lost tribe of Asher, receiving and not just seeing but beholding the faith of God in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what God's getting ready to do in the earth realm. He's getting ready to show up in our churches. He's getting ready to show up in the lives of the believers. We are in need of a visitation of the Holy Spirit, and God is coming through. He's going to shake up the foundation. Get ready. Lock yourself down. But be open because it's not going to be to destroy us. Sometimes he may have to take away some things, but it's only to add greater. Don't hold on so much to what you have. Be open and release yourself and get ready because you have to be in position to receive the promise. Somebody say amen. amen. In closing, 
I want to leave you with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Wait on the Lord. This is not that. I'm just telling you right now. Just wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Eagles doesn't need any. You, you don't tell an eagle to soar. He just soars. It what, it's what he does. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting for the spirit to come to regenerate, to restore, and to renew. We need to all have a sabbatical. Not away from the work of the Lord, but from everything else that distracts us from serving God with singleness of heart and singleness of mind. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Hold on. Hold on. Don't give up. Oh, it may be a pretty smile. And there's a lot of pain behind the smile. Hold on to your confidence. Say what God said. I'm talking to your spirit now. Say what God said. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He has not abandoned you. He is bragging on you. He's bragging on you and he's waiting for you to get to a place where you are totally dependent upon his sovereignty and not all of your connects. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. God has given every one of us many promises. You don't know the promises of God because you're not in the book. Read the book. Come on, tell you never read the book. Read the book. It is your pathway. It is your promise. It is your deed. It is the covenant. It is the will and testament. And the very best that God has for your life, he has already told you that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that he will be with you to the end of the earth. He tells you, I will make a way out of no way. I will cause men to give unto your bosom. I will bless you with healing. I will bless you, your children, and your children's children. All nations shall call you blessed. You need to know who you are and you need to speak what God says about you. You. Hold on to your confidence. <laughs> Great reward is coming your way. Yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. You may be waiting for something, waiting, waiting on it. Persist. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of hardship, you continue to stay the course. But my righteous one shall live by faith. Somebody said, The just shall live by faith. Now, everybody say, the just, the just shall, live shall live by faith. Some of us, our faith are going to be challenged. We haven't had enough storms in our lives to really cause us to grow up in God. God is not moved by our feelings. He's moved by our faith. He's not moved by your tears, although he bottles your tears up. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So your feelings are fickle. It comes and goes. Mothers, you know how that goes. One day you're up, and maybe the same day you're down. Huh? Feelings are fickle. They come and go. What moves God is that your ability to trust his word, even when it seems like you can't even hear his voice. 
or feel his presence. When God seems to withdraw himself from you, it doesn't mean that he's not there. God is a God that's always going somewhere but never leaves the place where he was. Jehovah Shammah is always present. He said, I want you to hold on to your confidence. Know that the righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrink back, if you let go, if you walk away, he's like, I have no pleasure in that soul who is fickle, who vacillates back and forth. He says, but we are not of those who shrink back. No, we are different breeds. Listen, here's some slang for you. We are ride or die. You can laugh at that. It's funny. We're going to risk sticking this thing throughout. It doesn't matter what comes our way. It doesn't matter what anybody say. It doesn't matter who leads you or who abandons you. It doesn't matter if you lose your job tomorrow or if you take the house. It doesn't even matter. For God you live in, for God you die. And if you can trust, if I can give you anything, anything at all to remember today, that every one of you have been given a measure of faith, and that measure of faith is enough for God to do more exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever ask or think. God is not going to require from you what he hasn't given you. All he wants is you to be willing, available, consistent, and persist while you're waiting. Trust God for the answer because the answer is on the way. God bless you.